LL Nation, what's good? Happy Deuce, 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 Deuce Day 2222222 or 2222. Question of the day as we get ready to get started, as always, brought to you by Honora Whiskey and featuring Honora Whiskey, honorawhiskey.com. It's the premium American whiskey, honorawhiskey.com. What's your favorite number two in Notre Dame history? Give me your favorite number two in Notre Dame history. Your favorite player that wore the number two at the University of Notre Dame. I can't wait to see some of these answers. Favorite number two to play at Notre Dame. Today's topic on today's show uh, I hope Malik's going to join. He was on set today, so he's supposed to be jumping on as soon as he's ready. And hopefully that will be soon. Well, we had to get started to make sure we show up on all the platforms we're supposed to show up on. Um, Marcus Freeman is sitting at the big boy table. Marcus Freeman is sitting at the big boy table, and he has changed the entire culture of Notre Dame in a matter of months. Like we get comments from people, you know, saying Notre Dame is screwed under Marcus Freeman. You know, I'm not sold. I'm worried about his lack of experience. He hasn't changed up. I've heard some of the craziest things. He hasn't changed anything. The only reason top athletes are coming now is because they're black. All of this stuff I'm hearing, and this might be a shortened show because it's real simple and we're going to get to it because the recruiting has changed. The connection to former players has changed. The imagery, the picture that's been posted with him and Lou Holtz on social media over the last couple of days, the reverence and respect he shows for Notre Dame. And for who Notre Dame is. And I'm going to give the reason why, even though, look, Brian Kelly, where he got Notre Dame or where they were when he arrived and where they are now, fantastic job. Fantastic job. We all know they weren't able to make that extra step to get over the hump. No need to beat a dead horse. But just in a short matter of time, since December until now, we're going to show you and we're going to discuss how Marcus Freeman has changed the fortunes, changed the narrative, and changed the direction of the Notre Dame program. So one of the things that I want to point out very quickly is that, and I think we talked about this on yesterday's show, the name of Notre Dame or the name Notre Dame is hot once again amongst top recruits. Not just one, not just two, but literally amongst the 30 players that are five stars, Notre Dame is ringing. Marcus Freeman, his name is ringing. I'm talking about the class of 2023, class of 2024, 
class of 2025. You go over to IB today, have a piece up about a young man, Jacob Oden, out of Detroit. This kid is phenomenal. Phenomenal. I wouldn't be surprised if he got bumped up to a five-star. Four-star, 2024. In the same game, in the same football game, this kid would play single high safety. He would then go on another play and play in the slot. And then he'll bump out and take the the best wide receiver on the opposing team. This is in the same game, the exact same game. This is how talented this young man is. And he has been fascinated with Marcus Freeman going all the way back to when Marcus Freeman was at Cincinnati. And that just speaks to how engaging he is and how he has changed the perspective and what we're talking about. He has sat down. I think you guys help me out, LL Nation, because I am not a big gambler. I'm not a big gambler. And, but I do know this. Give me one second. I do know this. You guys tell me. When you play poker, there's uh, levels of the table, right? Depending upon the minimum that each player is willing to pay to get on the table. As I said, I'm not a big gambler. So you guys let me know if I'm right. There's a minimum that you have to pay to sit down at the big boy table. Whatever that minimum is, the previous 10 years, Notre Dame was not willing, or shall I say the coaching staff was not willing to sit down at that big boy table and pay whatever minimum it was, minimum it was, or buy-in. I think the correct term is buy-in. They didn't want to pay the buy-in. They didn't want to. They didn't want to pay it, right? Marcus Freeman walked into the casino or walked into the gaming of college football, recruiting, narrative, image, all of that, and said, I'm not sitting here any longer with the likes of Michigan, Penn State, USC, and everybody that's been a level below for the past five years. We're not sitting at that table anymore. And he walked up and Kirby and Nick Saban, who normally and Dabo Sweeney, who have been at the same table for the last five years, they looked up and said, how the hell did you get here? And Marcus sat down and said, let's go. And he's sitting at the big boy table right now. He has Notre Dame in positions from a recruiting standpoint that they really haven't been. They haven't been in those positions. Oh, and it's funny because now I believe we're up to the third publication this week that has come out and said, Notre Dame's in the lead for Dante Moore. And my co-host has been saying that for about four months now. From the horse, pretty much from the horse's mouth. Conversation with Dante Moore. We told you that. And Malik Zaire said, yeah, we're in the lead for Dante Moore. And when we said his greatest relationships were Notre Dame and Michigan State, 
people laughed. Ha <laughs> ha, Michigan State, until the On3 uh, article came out and noted those were his strongest relationships with head coaches. Feels good, man. Feels good to know that we're here for you. We're here to give out good information, and we hope you enjoy it. Now, now that he's sitting at the big poker table, he bought in. It's going to be up to him. He's going to have to call some bluffs. You know what I mean? He's going to have the luck of the draw or the deal certain times to make certain things happen. But in order to win, you have to be in the game. And Marcus Freeman is well on his way to putting Notre Dame in the game. So hopefully you guys at some point that I can read your comments and you can teach me how to play a little bit of poker. You know, I'll play it for fun. I won't wager too much, but it does seem like a fun game. It does seem like a fun game. I want you, I want to pay homage to uh, this podcast. It is the NR Hour. The NR Hour. Uh, they just interviewed former Notre Dame linebacker, inside linebacker Wes Pritchett recently. And Wes has some interesting things to say about the difference between the previous regime and what Marcus Freeman has changed in this short time. This is former linebacker Wes Pritchett on the NR Hour. Go check them out after the show. Kelly never brought the team. There was just like the whole, like when, when Lou came in, Lou truly loved Notre Dame. Lou thought Notre Dame was more important than Lou. Brian Kelly thought Brian Kelly was more important than Notre Dame. Not that that's, I mean, that's just the world today. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, he didn't bring the old, there was just a lot of things that I didn't necessarily love. I don't think anybody cares that he's a winningest coach at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame football is in a better position today than it was when he came. But he's gone. Good riddance. I don't miss him. So Marcus Freeman comes in. Um you know, I think Notre Dame took a little bit of a, of, of you know, uh, rolled the dice a little bit, but apparently the players, um, the players all went to the athletic director, Jack Swarbuck, and said, this is our guy. This is a guy we want. And, I mean, I've never heard of such. That, that To me, that's awesome. Everything I've heard from him is, is impressive. I love his tenacity. He loves Notre Dame. He's a football player. Uh, he's a guy's guy. Uh, I don't think Kelly was any of those things. Um, obviously a good football coach. but um, And so what has Marcus Freeman done? I told you I was on a Zoom call yesterday. He He's already started. It's called the Legacy Program. He's taking all ex-players, current players, coaches, current coaches, and we have, we're doing Zoom calls once a month now. I'm in he's, on that call. All, huh? <laughs> Put me in on that call. I'm serious. So we just had our first call yesterday. Now he's also, I just received an invitation for the spring game, which I was never invited to for 35 years. Hmm. Oh, that's exciting. They're going to have a legacy weekend, happy hour, connectivity meetings, golf tournament, everything with the old ex-football players coming together in one place to start trying to get some connectivity and start getting everybody involved. Because you've got all these all yeah. this great energy and all these great successful guys, and we've never had a forum. Yo. LL Nation. 
man. That's once again in our in our hour, the podcast. Wes Pritchett, former linebacker at Notre Dame. He was on that 1988 national championship team. That look, when the first time I heard this clip, I was absolutely shocked. I was absolutely like I talked to Malik and we talk about things. And for Malik say, yeah, to say, yo, I really haven't been back to the program. But it was personal for him because he felt like he was mistreated and lied to by Brian Kelly. So it was very personal with him. But to hear in the beginning of that clip, for me, is the most important thing. When you have a guy like Wes Pritchett say, I appreciate what he did for the program where he got us to, but good riddance. Good riddance. That goes a long way to the vibe around the program, how people felt around the program. And this man who is on the last team to win a national championship for this university said he had not been invited by the program to the blue and gold game in 35 years. That's bananas. That, that's, that's absolutely bananas. Like, are you kidding me? 35 years? Come on, man. Come on. That's crazy. 35 years. He has not been invited back to Notre Dame for the blue and gold game. The coolest thing, of course, is the connectivity. Connectivity group that Marcus Freeman has started. I told you he's changing everything, right? Last time we heard from Marcus Freeman, he talked about the fact that he talks to Lou Holtz every week. He taps into the knowledge of Lou Holtz every week. Every week he taps into his knowledge. Every week, finding out what is Notre Dame. He felt like Lou Holtz when he came in, he loved Notre Dame more than he loved himself. And then Wes Pritchett said, I felt like Brian Kelly loved himself more than he loved Notre Dame. Let me tap into that right quick for a second, because this is the mistake. I truly believe that the miscalculation of Brian Kelly was to come into Notre Dame and try to change Notre Dame, the program, instead of trying to enhance what Notre Dame already was. It's a difference. Brian Kelly tried to change Notre Dame. He was swimming upstream the entire time. What you see Lou Holtz and what he was able to accomplish and Marcus Freeman and what he's trying to do is that they're taking the package of who Notre Dame is and they're saying, we believe in the package. We believe in the program. We believe in the institution. We believe in the players. And we're going to enhance that and make that great. Brian Kelly tried to turn Notre Dame into an SEC school. Low key. Low key. He probably knew that as far as it, you know, admissions, he probably couldn't go all the way there. But as far as the way he acted, he wanted to have all of these shows 
right? He wanted to have the Brian Kelly show, but then he wanted to have another show. He wanted to be a star. He wanted to be on the golf course. He wanted to be visible like Nick Saban, like Kirby Smart. But he wasn't willing to put in the same amount of work on the recruiting trail. Now, see, that's that's my thing. Like, if you want to be like others, you know, because great the greats, and this is one thing I've learned, the greats have a way of making it look easy. And that's the crazy thing about being around people that are great. If you're around them long enough, they'll make what they do or who, who they are look real is easy. And if you're not watchful over the entire process, you'll get fooled into thinking, oh, this is easy. I can do it too. And Brian Kelly came to Notre Dame and he thought he could run and he ran into, you can see the way he started out he had to calm himself down because he came in rambunctious. He came in defiant and he came in trying to change Notre Dame. Jack Swarbrick had to sit down and have a couple of conversations with him. And then you saw the demeanor of Brian Kelly change a little bit over the years. It wasn't just on the sideline. It was also in the background, how he dealt with alumni, how he dealt with boosters, all of that stuff. And then he started to work with it a little bit, but it was never really a perfect fit. I don't really think Brian Kelly ever felt truly comfortable as the head coach at Notre Dame. He wasn't about, he wasn't, he wasn't comfortable about his inability to truly change Notre Dame, the program, into the vision he had. Instead of just enhancing, Notre Dame doesn't need to be changed. If you believe in the product, you have the most unique product in college football. There is no product like Notre Dame. I've been saying it. I'll continue to say it. There is no product that any head coach has like Notre Dame. The combination, academics, top five football program, history, Heisman's, national championships, no one has a combination like Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman has recognized that. And he's taking the opportunity to say, I'm going to bring all of this history, all of this legacy back together and form a community. I believe if you go to Notre Dame's Twitter page today, one of those legacies stood before the team today. And from reports, they only have a 30 second clip out there on all of the social media. But Jerome Bettis, who was on campus trying to finish his degree, spoke to the team today after their workout. And if you watch that 30-second clip, I'm telling you, you'll be fired up and ready to run through a wall. You'll absolutely be ready to run through a wall. And he talked to them for 12 minutes. And you only get 30 seconds of it. That's something that you would have never gotten last year. Just go back to last year. You wouldn't have gotten that. You wouldn't have gotten that vibe. So he's changed the narrative. He's changed the recruiting. Once again, look, Notre Dame is going after already. They have already offered the number one quarterback. In my opinion, based upon my evaluation, Malika said the same thing. The number one quarterback in this class 
They've offered the number one quarterback in the class of 2024. They've offered the number one quarterback in the class of 2025. Already. They're not coming to the game late. They're not hoping and wishing they can build a relationship. The offers are there. They're building the relationships now. Marcus Freeman, another thing he changed, the level of competition. Something I heard from all of the coaches in the breakout session last Wednesday when I was in South Bend. Competition, competition. Chris O'Leary, competition. Mike Mickens, competition. Chancey Stuckey, I need my wide receiver room to be super, super competitive. He's raised the level and expectation for competition in the program. And everybody knows I have an opportunity. No bull, no, you know, politics, no seniority because I've been here longer. You got freshman linebackers meeting with the media saying, I want to be in the rotation. Nolan Ziegler came out this week and said, look, I'm going to be in on that first play. The first play of the game is going to be the kickoff. He do. He's not even focused about starting. He's like, yo, I just want to be in the game on the first play. Special teams. He's already focused on being a part of starting special teams. He's put he's lit a fire under this program. He has lit a fire under this program, man. And things are totally different. So as a fan base, regardless of whether or not you think the hire was right, regardless of whether or not you wanted Luke Fickle or some other coach, the way these former players are talking, the way the current players are acting and the excitement and energy we saw from the coaching staff in spite of the Tommy Reed stuff, we told you when it first started, we told you Mario Cristobal on this podcast, we told you Mario Cristobal was playing chess. We told you this is all about Dante Moore. We all, we know what this is about. We know what this is about. And still through all of that, Notre Dame sits in a great position, bird's eye view, with spring practice starting on the 17th, tons of players coming in. I just spoke today with Charles Jagasaw, 6'6", 295 pounds, offensive tackle, Rock Island, Illinois, from Alamond High School, Alamond Catholic High School. Article should be out. I think the article is going to come out on Thursday on Irish Breakdown. Great conversation. Let me give you a little snippet of what this young man said today. It's incredible. He's an incredible young man. Tell me if this guy doesn't sound like a Notre Dame fit. I asked the young man, what are you looking for in the school that you ultimately choose to go to? His words? I'm really just looking for somewhere that I have people that I can enjoy being around. I want to go to a place where even if things aren't going well on the field, I'll still enjoy just being a student there. That sounds like Notre Dame. Guess who the first school when the open period to visit in January started? Guess who was the first school in the door at Alamon Catholic High School? Notre Dame. Guess who was the first person to sit down with Charles Jackson? Chad Bowman. Bowman. Guess who this young man said has made an impression 
on him recently, even during his rest. Yes, he just won the 1A heavyweight wrestling championship in the state of Illinois on Saturday night. And being locked in, he hasn't been talking about visits. He hasn't been taking calls. He hasn't been doing interviews. But the one person he's been talking to is Double H. And Double H has made an impression. Every coach in this program is on fire right now. And it starts at the top. Every coach from a recruiting standpoint, building a relationship with the players they have on the roster, instilling belief in that roster, everybody is on fire. Even Harry Heastan. I went with him because he's the oldest of the bunch. Everybody was questioning, man, is he too old? Can he recruit? Harry Heastan is on fire right now on fire in the recruiting world. Let me tell you something. It is a good time to be a Notre Dame football fan. Great time. I don't care if you didn't like the hire. You don't agree. Dude, go all in. Push your chips to the middle of the table. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Push your chips to the middle of the table. It's happening. It's happening. Yes. Is happening. So don't be like your guy's stepbrothers in the bathroom when he didn't know what the heck was going on. Oh, what's happening? No. I'm telling you, Lucky Lefty Podcast is telling you so you don't get caught off guard. It's happening. It's happening. I don't know what the future holds. My hope is that a national championship is on the horizon. But I'm here to tell you now, things have changed at the University of Notre Dame in a short two and a half months. In a short, K-Mac, don't be laughing at me, man. I just like to give analogies. Don't laugh at me like that. <laughs> Let's get to some of your comments and questions, LL Nation. I appreciate you guys so much, man. Thank you guys. So once, and again, once again, we are right there on the doorstep of 2,000 subscribers, and we appreciate you guys. If you can for us, hit that like button. Hit the like button. We appreciate you guys so much. I'll play that. For those of you that jumped in late because I see people still joining, I'm going to play that Wes Pritchett clip one more time. One more time so you guys can understand what's going on and what we're discussing. Michael, thank you for tagging in tonight. Kelly Kelly was jealous of the attention Marcus Freeman was getting while he was still head coach. Good riddance. Man, you echo the sentiments of one Wes Pritchett, former Notre Dame football My guy, Ashley Hill, they covered for Brian Kelly. Sean, you're right. They are embracing and enhancing Notre Dame. Yeah, they're embracing and enhancing instead of trying to change. Instead of trying to change, that's the difference. Chris G, too bad era passed. It's a different game now, but era was a fantastic guy. I bet MF would have appreciated that relationship as well. And tremendously, I'm sure, because I've heard great things about era as well. Paul, we thank you for tapping in. Always been Iris through thick or thin. Haven't felt gangster since about 94. Man, the 93-94 season, yeah, those are magical seasons. I see why you would have felt gangster then. MF has me wanting to get my shillelagh out of the closet. That's what's up, Paul. Go grab it right now. Go grab it right now. Dance around like the leprechaun after a touchdown. Do some push-ups. 
All of that. Go grab it right now. That's what's up. Irish, AJ, the indie coach needs to embrace and sell indie for all of his best parts and never settle for anything less. Indie is different than anyone else, than everyone else. MF gets it and will deliver the indie nation a chip. I'm right there with you, Irish, AJ. I totally, totally agree. I think that's the direction we're going. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of the residue of what's to come in the way that Notre Dame is recruiting. DA number 36 bus. You would have been very happy, DA, how your boy spoke to the team on today. Nothing like late nights with Lucky Lefty Podcast. I don't know what's better, the morning or night cast. Well, you guys let us know. Uh, we're thinking about going strictly nights until the spring game. Strictly nights until the spring game because it seems like it works best for everybody. And then once we get into the visits, after the spring game and recruiting picks back up and hits full steam going into the summer, then we'll go back to our nine o'clock. Something we're talking about, but you guys let us know what you think about that. Rasha man, 18. Now that BK is gone, I'm realizing how big of an ass clown he really was. He was holding this team back. Nobody else. Look, I've talked to Rasha man. Thank you for tapping in. I've talked to so many and I just got this. Let you guys know. I believe on Thursday, Thursday, I'm going to have a special co-host. As I said, Malik's been on set. He has, he's been filming something out in L.A. So Cam McDaniel is going to co-host with me. Hopefully I can get him to do it for two days. But on Thursday, I believe Cam McDaniel is going to co-host with me right here on the Lucky Lefty podcast. So we look forward to having my boy C in the building to co-host with me. Christy, once again, never comfortable because he didn't really believe in the product. Yeah, like any, coaches have to be salesmen. And I know most people don't like to hear that because they want to look at, at coaches from a pure standpoint of being teachers and educators. But ultimately, they are, they should be the top salesman of that program and what the program has to offer. And there's no way you can be a great salesman if you don't believe in the product. If you're trying to change the product, there's no way you can properly sell what you have. That's right, Dr. Carl Marx. We appreciate you. No sunshine pumping here at Lucky Lefty. Never, never. D-Rock. What's going on, D-Rock? D-Rock, Irish, our guy. Internal competition, that's the best. That's what he's established. And he started that during the prep for the bowl game. And I know, and I asked Chris O'Leary this, we talked about the bowl game and the disappointment. And for the coaching staff, like, what was it? What's the focus behind that after that game? Is, is it as simple as watching the film and saying, look, we had opportunities to make plays and we just have to make the plays. And he was flat out honest and said, that's part of it. But as coaches, certain things we could have done from a scheme standpoint and play calling standpoint that would have helped us out as well. And I really appreciated him being transparent about that. But it was clear to me that they had moved on. Like they have literally Marcus Freeman treated. He made bold preparation. 
and the Fiesta Bowl all about the completion of that season and sending the seniors out the right way. That was all for the senior class. Once the clock hit double zero and he went to that press conference, when he walked away from that press conference, the old regime was done. Done. He might have he might as well had a coffin in the locker room with a Brian Kelly a cutout inside. Like, yo, what was in the past is over. We're moving forward. We're about development and recruiting. And he made that very clear at that press conference, post-game press conference for the Fiesta Bowl. So you have to be excited about what's going on right now. I got Chris Ayers. Was the other mantra, make sure you pick up your check on Friday or sign up for direct deposit. <laughs> that's that. I mean, that's pretty much what Dale Alexander did, right? Pierre, playing inspired football with the talent plus coaching, we will be handing out beatdowns this year. Yeah, like people, I've seen a couple of predictions, people predicting three losses, and I've had people ask me my early, way too early prediction. And I went 11 and 1. I'm standing on that. I'm standing on that. I'm not sold on Clemson. Clemson is going to have to show me a lot. And if all that pressure is going to be on Kate Klubnik being the next Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson, I'm not sold on them. Their defense is always going to be stout, just not sold on their offense. Not at all. I'm not worried. I'm with Cam Hart. Until USC shows me different, I'm not buying that. I don't care if Lincoln Riley is out there. I'm not buying that hype. I'm not buying it. Not at all. So it's only one game for me. That's game one at the shoot. That's it. Game one at the shoot. I'm telling you. If Notre Dame, look, I already told you guys, we will be in the bus. We'll be getting there early that week. Kicking it with Malik's family. I'm coming to the bus. And I'm talking-ish. I'm talking. I'm talking. From the time we get there, I'm letting it be known. I hear you. Right now, I think the, the spread, get in right now. If you love betting, I think the spread right now for that game I saw early is like 13 and a half. Like Notre Dame's getting like 13 and a half points right now. 13 and a half. Go grab it. Go grab it. I'm here to tell you right now, if we walk out of the horseshoe with a dub, college football is in trouble. Because, number one, if we walk out of the horseshoe with a dub, Tyler Buckner or whomever, because I know we have the people's champ, that crew out there, the people that love Drew Pine. Hey, the people's champ, we got it. He's competing. He has an opportunity. I don't care who it is. Tyler Buckner, Drew Pine, whichever one of them walks to the horseshoe, if we walk out with a dub, we got ourselves a darn good quarterback. I truly believe that. We got ourselves a darn good quarterback. So for me, look, and even if look, they slip up, I think they run the table. I really do. That's right. Perry's lit right now. He's lit. That article, 
about Charles Jagasaw will be on Irish Breakdown for you guys Thursday or Friday. So look out for it. Make sure you look out for it. D-Rock Irish talking about Jagasaw wrestlers, flexibility, leverage, speed, and endurance. He talked about that in the interview. I'm going to write about that, how important it is for his development for him to wrestle. He talked about that as well. Good kid, man. Really good kid. Definitely a Notre Dame kid. I know my guy, Dr. Carl Marks, he's been honest in the comments, saying he's not a big fan of Freeman, and we, we welcome that. That's his opinion. Dr. Carl, look, still as a fan, go all in, my man. And no sense of sitting back saying, woe is me, I don't like the pick. Let's go, man. Let's go. There's no way. I don't care if you didn't like the pick as a coach. Just look at the recruiting. The recruiting is totally different than it was under the previous regime. That's the one thing you have to be happy about. He is recruiting his tail off as the head coach of Notre Dame. Yeah, I agree with you guys. Winning at the horseshoe would be, yo, psh, bananas. Beast Daniel, not a big fan of Carl Marks. You crazy, man. Carl, come on, man. Come on, Doc. Seven games? Doc, now you're being. Dr. Carl Marks is going on the petty train tonight, guys. He's, man. It's coming up in a few minutes. We're putting Dr. Carl Marks on the petty train. Seven wins, you're being petty. You can be down on them, but seven wins, that's a little bit too much. It's borderline ridiculous. Borderline ridiculous. But we love you, Doc. Luis, the skull fold. What's good, my boy? Fresno, checking in. We're going to do some live shows, too, because I'll be out in L.A. with Malik starting March the 8th. So we're going to have some live shows out there as well. My boy Dave Jones. It was good. Yes, sir. Jamie McNeil, thank you. So we see some of our day ones tapping in. Go Knights. All right, you guys like the Knights? Chris G, Knights. K-Mac, like, yeah, that'll be great. Lawrence Gunter, thank you for tapping in. LL, spend a different way to stand firm under examination on ID, IB. Wasn't yesterday, but Saturday this weekend regarding Reeves. Hey, man, look, we stand, we as a podcast, we stand by what we said. We stand by it. We respect everybody. That was the cool thing about that show. Like we could really discuss it. Both could both parties presented the facts that they had, sources they had, and just the point of view they had on the situation. Tickle uh T. I Gallo Kane, BK is a punk. <laughs> you know what? I knew if I did this show tonight, man, he would go. He would take a few good hits. Captain Dipstick, what's good? I think 12 and 0 is very, very likely. I, it is very likely. It's very likely, CD. 
it does all hinge on consistent quarterback play. I definitely agree with that and how well our cornerbacks match up with Ohio State's young stud wide receivers. Well, when you have – see, this is – Brandon Joseph is so key, right, because he gives you versatility. One of the things that Mike Mick has talked about with me is that they're going to start their young, confident DBs, Morrison and Mickens, on the outside and then see how they work on the inside. They're early enrollees, and if they can give them great snaps on the inside and defend third receivers, that gives a lot of flexibility to use Brandon Joseph a lot of different ways. Not just having him 15 yards off the ball. He can come up, swing covers to help out, with Clarence Lewis or whomever is the second DB. It's a lot of different things. I think Tariq Bracey is still in the squad, so you still have Tariq Bracey. So one of those freshmen step up, now you're looking at four DBs, Ryan Barnes. If you saw the pictures that were posted, Ryan Barnes has been putting in work and uh, workouts, so that's another name to look out for. Notre Dame, everything's trending for that defensive backfield. So I don't think things would be mid – Anything like they were, Clarence Lewis, that's, you know, he struggled. He struggled. But the greatest thing, once again, changing the narrative, if you go back to the Fiesta Bowl press conference, the confidence immediately, Marcus Freeman sold seeds of confidence into Clarence Lewis. If you remember that, he, they tried to bait him. Marcus Freeman said, see Lou, he's going to be great for us. We're going to go back in the lab. He's going to get better. He's going to make big plays for us. That's the type of coach you want coaching your son. He just came off one of the most embarrassing games of his career. And his head coach said that about him in the press conference. So I know everybody's worried about the defensive backs, but I'm here to tell you the safeties are good, in my opinion. And then we'll see what happens with the youngsters. And then the freshmen, the red shirt freshmen from last year, how they develop. Any paid clips, Notre Dame is landing five, five stars in 23. Book it, five of them? Woo, man. That's a great percentage, man. That would be like 15, 16%. Because they usually only give, it's usually an, maybe about 37 five stars per year. So if they land five, that's that's a pretty... That's a pretty good number. Bernie Cordaire. Blake Fisher is about to murder the entire OSU D-line. <laughs> D-Rock, I'm not going to Hollywood, man. Going out there to chill for a little bit. Get out of this cold weather. Xavier Watts, if he stays at safety, is a playmaker. Because... I, my opinion, guys, just my opinion. I think it's pretty much a done deal, at least for the spring, that Xavier Watts will be at receiver for the, just for numbers' sake. Right now, they only have five healthy receivers going into the spring, and none of those guys can really be afford to get hurt. So just for just for the sake of numbers, I expect Xavier Watts to be a wide receiver. For the spring. For the spring. They can always take them back 
to defense if they want to in the fall camp. But I think for the spring, he'll be over on the offensive side of the ball. Let's see. Truman Dumel, we appreciate it. Okay, we got a super chat. Daniel Wade, thank you for the super chat. Love what you're doing. It's awesome to see the growth of LL Nation. Congratulations on getting on the team with Brian Vince and company. I appreciate that, Daniel. Much love to you. Much love to you. Irish Chi-Town with the pick. NB24, OSU, zero. Homer pick. <laughs> Uh, Ty B, if I'm not mistaken, well, actually, my wife and I were deciding tonight where we're going to be staying. We love the, this area in the downtown area. We stayed in condos down there before, and we're really trying to decide whether or not we're going to get an entire residence for the uh, 10 days we're out there. We're going to just do the condo downtown. So it's going to be one or the other, but it'll be. It'll, it will be close to the USC campus. Won't to be too far away from the USC campus. Mr. Sledge, love the show. Greetings from the nation's capital. Where are you at in the nation's capital? Where about? Are you actually like in DC on like up the outskirts? When I go there, my best friend stays in Alexandria. So I'm usually there. But, like, man, Ben's Chili Bowl, Ben's Next Door, like, oh, man, I love it. I love it. And the way the neighborhoods around Howard and Georgetown have changed, it's a totally different campus than when I visited in uh, my teen years and my college years coming up there for homecoming. Mr. Sledge, let me know where you're at in D.C. I agree with you guys. The offensive line has a chance to be really good, really good. And Michael, yes, the honeymoon is over. It's time to put in the work. Yeah, Irish AJ, if you look at the pictures, Barnes is, man, yo, his arms are huge. His legs are huge. I'm excited to see what he can do when he gets on the field. Okay, DA, you, you think C. Lou will be solid? Hey, that's what Marcus Freeman said. It's about development, and we're about to develop these players and make them better. So, oh, man, Pierre, Pierre, if they don't know, now they know. Whew. I haven't been to one in it's been a minute. Um. I have, the last time I was in D.C., I was there for Black NBA. I was there for Black NBA. Had a fantastic time. Fantastic time. And, but I hadn't been there. Man, it's been like 20 years, I think, since Howard Homecoming. It's been a while. I agree. Andre, that's a great point. It's time for Braden Lindsay to step up. Like, stop being a one-show one pony. Like, step up, my man. Step up. Be that dude. Lead. Show you can be a guy. I agree with you. 
Tracy Tipton. Great show as always from Knoxville, Tennessee. You guys, an Irish breakdown is what indie fans needed. No offense to the others. Tracy, we appreciate you. Thank you for tagging in with us tonight. Kelly Hernandez. Tommy's off-ramp park greater than Ben's Chili Bowl. Really? Okay, I'll have to check it out. And I, matter of fact, I'll tell my best friend to check it out. Because like I said, he's up there in Alexandria. Tommy's off-ramp park is better than Ben's Chili Bowl. Cool. Eugene, you're exactly right. It is a life event. It is unlike any other. Okay, Lilo, Delante, shout out Howard, Omega Sci-Fi, Alpha Chapter. Okay. Chris Ayers, Reeves made a mistake with his answering of a question that wasn't even about his future, but his continued growth is key to immediate future of this program. Yeah, what we called it a clunky answer. It was just a clunky answer, man. He... Holly Lewis, I live in Allen, Texas. Any chance on David Hicks heading to South Bend? I'm hearing no, but Holly. Um, they would love David Hicks. I think David Hicks ends up staying South. That's just in my honest opinion. Uh, he's not my guy. Ryan Roberts is in connection with him for Irish Breakdown, so he's not on my list of guys. But what we're hearing is the same thing you're hearing. And, yo, as I told you guys, Malik right now is watching film on all of the linebackers that are left that have been offered for Notre Dame. Whew. You man, just throw them up in the air. And whomever falls in South Bend, you're getting a stud. You're getting a stud. Like, whomever they get. At linebacker, Notre Dame is getting a stud. Period. They that that's one position. Like I said, I predicted in two or three years, Notre Dame will overtake Penn State for linebacker. You in two to three years, you'll start to see the trend. I really believe that. Chris Ayers, I have to look at the numbers because you can say that, and I'll say this because we talked about this on the podcast. Early in the season. I know he had a drop against Toledo that was wide open and a touchdown. But early on in the season, Jack Cole missed him open a lot on deep passes. He either underthrew the ball, and Bray's really not a 50-50 go up and get it guy. So when you underthrow him, uh, but if you can just get the ball out in front of him and let him run. Osbury is scary. I just don't know. It will be a battle, but he really likes Notre Dame. Getting him out of Louisiana is, I mean, they got Logan Diggs and they've gotten other players out of Louisiana, but getting him out of Louisiana is going to be a tall task. It's going to be a tall task. Okay, David, you, I did say that. David Jones just reminded me. So here's the clip. Once again, former Notre Dame player, Wes Pritchett, member of the 1988 
championship team in Notre Dame. Here he is talking about what has happened since Marcus Freeman has taken over. Once again, from the um, let me make sure I get this right because I want to give them the credit. The NR Hour podcast, NR Hour podcast. They have Wes Pritchett on. And this is Wes Pritchett talking about the difference that Marcus Freeman has made immediately at Notre Dame. Kelly never brought the team. It, there was just like the whole, like when, when Lou came in, Lou truly loved Notre Dame. Lou thought Notre Dame was more important than Lou. Brian Kelly thought Brian Kelly was more important than Notre Dame. Not that that's, I mean, that's just the world today. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, he didn't bring the old, there was just a lot of things that I didn't necessarily love. I don't think anybody cares that he's a winningest coach at Notre Dame. And Notre Dame football is in a better position today than it was when he came. But he's gone. Good riddance. I don't miss it. So Marcus Freeman comes in. Um, you know, I think Notre Dame took a little bit of a, of, of, you know, uh, rolled the dice a little bit. But apparently the players, um, the players all went to the athletic director, Jack Swarbuck, and said, this is our guy. This is a guy we want. And, I mean, I've never heard of such. That, that To me, that's awesome. Everything I've heard from him is, is impressive. I love his tenacity. He loves Notre Dame. He's a football player. Uh, he's a guy's guy. Uh, I don't think Kelly was any of those things. Um, obviously a good football coach. but um, And so what has Marcus Freeman done? I told you I was on a Zoom call yesterday. He, he's already started. It's called the Legacy Program. He's taking all ex-players, current players, coaches, current coaches, and we have, we're doing Zoom calls once a month now. I'm in on that call. All, huh? <laughs> Put me in on that call. I'm serious. So we just had That's our amazing. first call yesterday. Oh, wow. Now he's also, I just received an invitation for the spring game, which I was never invited to for 35 years. Bear hmm. in mind. Oh, that's exciting. They're going to have a legacy weekend, happy hour, connectivity meetings, golf tournament, everything with the old ex-football players coming together in one place to start that's trying to get some connectivity and start getting everybody involved. Because you've got all these all yeah. this great energy and all these great successful guys, and we've never had a forum. Yo. There you have it. Don't take my word. I didn't play football in Notre Dame. My co-host has. He's been very open about not being invited back, not feeling welcome, even though he has a degree from the University of Notre Dame. Wes Pritchett, linebacker. 1988 National Championship team saying good riddance to what was in the former regime. I look, I don't know what else to say. That that two minutes right there was two minutes on the dot. That two minutes from Wes Pritchett says everything you need to hear. David Jones, I hope you I hope you got all of it. Everything you need to know, that's what tonight's show is about. Letting you guys know how much things have changed just in two and a half months. Like, it's only been two and a half months. And things have changed dramatically. Dramatically. Like, you had a phone call with coaches, former players, current, current players, just once a month. 
The man said he hadn't been invited to the blue and gold game in 35 years. This man was on the last national championship team, a big part of it. Starting linebacker has been invited. No connection. Nothing. He threw a little dig in there. Did you catch the dig? I might have to throw Wes Pritchard on the petty train. He threw a little dig in there. Just a slight little dig. Like he's a man's man. Marcus Freeman, he played football. He's a man's man. <laughs> what you trying to say about Brian Kelly? Just because he didn't play football and he's just a coach, a good coach, but he's not a man's man. <laughs> it's like, okay, Wes. Okay, I feel you. I see what you're doing, man. You're unhappy. You, I got it when you said good riddance in the first 15 seconds. I, I get it. I get it. You're happy he's gone. But we as fans should be happy that this culture at Notre Dame is being revitalized and is being treated the way you have too much legacy, too much culture, too much to give to future young men not to have the history around so they can see the importance of wearing that Notre Dame jersey and the importance of getting a Notre Dame degree. All young men that have a chance, they need to know this is something you can grab hold to. And that's when the four for 40 really means something. That's when, it, yeah, K-Mac, you caught that? That little dig, trying to say, like, man, he's not a football player. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, guys, I'm talking to your boy. Uh, talking to your boy, Malik. He said, what's up? And uh, we're going to see you guys tomorrow. And then Cam Hart's going to co-host with me on Thursday, I believe. I checked it because he's going back and forth. Cam is busy with his business, very successful business, going back and forth uh, from Texas over to Mexico, working deals. So stick with him, Cam McDaniel33 on Twitter. And I saw a question. Someone asked me, where is that 30-second clip? If you go to YouTube and go to watch, type in watch NB. The channel will come up and you should be able to see that 30 second clip from uh, Notre Dame media of uh, Jerome Bettis talking to the team today. That's right. Shane Paulus hats, hats off to Coach Freeman getting the former players back on campus. That's look, if you guys can make it to the blue and gold game, that for me, I'm going to be working. And because there will be recruits there, so I'm going to be working. But my favorite part of that day, the game, whatever. And you know it's my birthday. So I'm, I'm allowing the game to lease out four hours on that day. I told you guys that. But for my birthday, I'm getting every picture I can. Michael Stonebreaker, Wes Pritchett, Rocket, Tim Brown, Montana, whoever shows up. Whoever shows up for that blue and gold game, you better believe they're getting a selfie with the boy. Your boys get a selfie stick will be in hand, making it happen on that day. 
Gavin Wright, what's good, my dude? We need injuries to quit crippling us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's crazy because Matt Bayless does a really good job. He does. Getting them prepared to play. Say some prayers. Let's get a little luck at the Irish going. Yo, it's all scheduling. Like, we've, we've gone back and forth, played tennis with emails, and he wants to, he wants to come on. He's going to do the show, guys. Chris Zorch is going to do the show. He's going to do the show. We're going to do his show. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of timing, scheduling. And if I get to see him, if it doesn't happen before the blue and gold game, I get to see him in person. We'll chat it up and make it happen for you guys. Irish Shy Town during the Co Coach Holtz era, but definitely during Coach Park season's tenure, teams would see Indy on the schedule and already know they're going to lose. Right, well, hopefully that vibe, especially for these mid majors, dude. Like Toledo's walking in the building, they should know 70's going up on the board, minimum 50. That's right, Chris Ayers, no doubt. John, I got John Consian. Uh, I hope I said that right, John. I'm sorry if I messed it up. It was a fantastic clip with Jerome Bettis, even with it just being 30 seconds. It was fantastic. D Rock Irish said on another podcast, Pritchard said he was a nickel and he was nickel and dimed on ordering a freaking hot dog. Also, Tim Brown waiting in line to get his tickets. He paid for it at the ticket booth. Disgraceful. Like, yeah, ticket. Wait a minute. Man, that's look, man. Just open the gate to the tunnel and just let them walk on the field. Are you kidding me? That's free admission. They should be standing next to the team on the sideline. Why are they buying a ticket? Like, what's really going on? Let's create a vibe here, man. During the season, during the season, the recruits should be right there behind the team, off to the left or right. And all alumni should be right there on the field, right there, for NBC to just scroll all game long and talk about and tell stories as we put 50 on whomever we're playing. Great programming. Fantastic. Come on, man. Eugene, do that. Do that. Let me know. Yeah, the 2014-15 were tough from an injury standpoint. But that team was talented enough, especially at the top, to win a championship. I told the Q kids, I see you. Yeah. Weiss did used to let them go on the field. That's the way it needs to be, man. When you have greats like that, they need to be on the field. On the field. That's the way it has to be. That's how you build your brand. That's how you show your brand. That's how you show recruits. This is what we're all about. And you have way too many great players. Heck, this year you got a guy going into the Hall of Fame. 
the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He needs to be on that field. He needs to be on the field. You know what time it is. Petticoat. Petticoat. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Right, Petty Junction, each and every day, featuring, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. So, Dr. Carl, we got to put you on the Petty Train, my man. Have to. Seven wins next year? Look, I understand you didn't like the, the hiring of Marcus Freeman, but seven wins, you're going a little bit too far. Have to put you on the Petty Train. Then I have to go over to my guy, Stephen A. Smith. I only say my guy because we work together. Come on, man. When are you going to let this Kyrie Irving stuff go? Just, just let it go. We understand the way you feel. Now you're talking about you don't know when he's going to get on the bus. You can't trust him. Like, that's cool. All of that, fine. Fine. Let it go. It's time to let it go. It just, it really is. It's time to let it go. Wes Pritchett. We just heard from him. (laughs) Wes, my man. Yo, you came at Brian Kelly real strong, and that's cool. But, man. He's a good coach, man. The, not calling him a man's man, saying he's not a man's man because he didn't play football. Hey, I told you all my story about my first two day, two a days in high school and how I ran and got on the bus in the middle of practice. Like, man, I'm not doing this. I guess I'm not a man's man, too. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not a man's man because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. That's the petty train today. That's the petty train. Let me know if you have any nominations. And I didn't see the answers you guys had on 222-22. Who is your favorite number two? Who is your favorite Notre Dame player to wear the number two? Who is your favorite Notre Dame player to wear the number two? Right? Kenan Tatum. Terry Andrzejczyk, um, Chris Brown, Dexter Williams for a short time. What's some of the other number twos? Brock Williams Ward for a short time. Who is your favorite number two?
Let's see, I'm trying to, there's my guy. Sammy Kranz, thank you for tapping in, LL Nation. As soon as y'all live, I started from the beginning, so it doesn't matter when y'all start. I'll watch the whole thing. <laughs> we appreciate you. Oh, Q Kibbs, great call. What Aaron Rodgers did today, man, dude, I'm so tired of that dude, man. I feel bad for Pat McAfee because I'm sure he's, he lost subscribers and followers today. Absolutely, man. Yeah, you know what? We had to get a new conductor because Brian Kelly was always a conductor. Every week he gave us something in the press conference. He was a conductor of the Petty Train. Yeah, that Instagram post was super petty. I thought Gary Gray was four. I thought Gary Gray was four. Oh, he was four. Okay, Tom Clements, quarterback in Notre Dame. You had Reggie Ho. Yeah, Reggie Ho did wear number two. You had Kenan Tatum, like I said, linebacker from 93 to 96. What's some great number twos in Notre Dame history? Yes, he did. I remember that play he made on the goal line. Kenneth Tatum. I remember Brock Williams. <laughs> Mr. Aaron Walls did wear number two. Good call. Good call. Sean Wooden with the double twos. Okay. Julius Jones and Harrison Smith were. 22. Good call, Sean. Darren Walls from PA. And Sean Wooden. Sean Wooden had the knockdown against Florida State at the goal line and was injured and couldn't play against Boston College the next week, which was a huge injury. Talking about injuries that hurt. Logan Lawrence, any clickbait? Nah, we don't have clickbait. We don't do clickbait. We try not to. We try to be entertaining. We try to talk about the news that is reported. And on this podcast, we have reported that Dante Moore has Notre Dame in the lead. We've been doing that for about three to four months. We're the first ones to say it. We continue to say it. Uh, my co-host stays in constant contact with him and his father. And then we took it a step further and said his two strongest connections were Michigan State and Notre Dame as far as the head coaches. And we continue to stand on that until we hear something different. Cody Riggs, the transfer from Florida. He did wear number two. Good call, Q Kibbs. Yes, Gilbo. He's from, yes, Benny Gilbo. If I'm not mistaken, he was from... Uh, St. Francisville, Louisiana. I know he's from the Bayou somewhere. He's from down south. 
Logan Lawrence, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. My man Lilo, stay hyped, my dude. Yeah, that Benny, hey, Chris, Chris Ayers, that Benny Gilbo was a memory lane. That took me back. Yeah, I did see Bazina got an offer from Ohio State today. Yeah, Bazino is going to be, he will be in South Bend on the 18th. He is visiting South Bend. DJ Brown is number two right now. I, I believe so. Let's see. Quick check. Yeah, DJ Brown is the only number two we have. He's the only number two. It's interesting. We'll never thunk it. I forgot about that. We did have two number twos on the field, and we couldn't have that. <laughs> oh, Logan, that's right. You are famous now, dude. You're on LL. That's what's good. Tell your wife we appreciate her saying that. Sammy, oh man, 250? 66. You know what? At those odds, even if you threw 100, even if you just did a Benjamin, that's a really good bet. Robin Dennis, I appreciate you. Appreciate you. People have been asking me this too, like, Waiting on more, but Zena wants to commit. What do you do? You take them both. You get the best of both worlds. You don't say no to either one. If Zena wants to commit, you tell him yes. But you tell him we're still trying to get Dante more. We're being flat out honest with you. And if he's cool with that, rock on. Rock on. So, once again, hit the like button for us, guys. Hit the like button. We appreciate you. Thank you guys for putting us on the precipice of having 2,000 subscribers. We appreciate you so much. You guys are the reason Lucky Lefty Podcast has been blessed enough to be successful to this point. We appreciate you from my guy Malik. We love you guys. We appreciate you always being part of the show, the most important part of the show. You make us tick. You give us the energy to come out and put on a great show each and every time. And we really appreciate you, John Jones. Appreciate you, my guy. I see you tapping in. So don't forget, Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's the premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is available in the South Bend area at various liquor stores. Go, if you're in the area, go look for Anora Whiskey. Dot com for my guy Malik Zaire, the original lucky lefty himself. Follow him at Overtime Malik. I am Sean Davis at SD2 Mikes. We'll see you guys tomorrow. I'll post a notification early at Lucky Lefty Pod on Instagram and Twitter to let you know whether or not it'll be a day show or a night show. Malik will be back. Cam McDaniel co-hosting with me on Thursday. We'll check you guys out as always. Spin it different. 